God for the privilege of being here. And I, I really do count it a special privilege. Um, I've been a bishop now for two, going on three years. And I'm telling you, it's been busy, busy, busy. But it's good to hang out with the Baptists. <laughs> it's just AME, 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 meetings, conferences, everything, AME. I said, praise the Lord, I get a little break. Amen. <laughs> but God is good. It's so good to be here. And um, we honor all of the clergy persons who are here. Thank God for you all. I, this ministerial staff, I was telling Pastor Pickett, boy, you are blessed with some solid ministerial staff folks. Amen. And then I got a wonderful deacon board. Amen. You don't get any better than... Then I want to say Dr. Granger, Deacon, Deacon Granger. And I was hoping that Sister Granger was going to sing. And so she did. And we want to thank God for everybody. We praise the Lord for the trustees, for all the, the leadership of this wonderful church. Thank you for your turnout tonight. And um, we praise the Lord for a very dear friend of mine. Amen. Dr. Leroy Adams. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, let me just tell you something about this man. He pastored, had a distinguished career 50 years in the African Methodist Episcopal Church. Amen. Pastored, pastored St. Paul Amy Church in Boston, Massachusetts, produced right at 50 sons and, uh, was it 50 or 100? 100 sons and daughters in ministry. And, and, a hundred sons and daughters in ministry and has led a distinguished career as one of our outstanding AME pastors. And uh, he too was one time a candidate for bishop and, um, and, and the Lord just saw fit to allow him to come to Florida and retire. Amen. Amen. And I had a wonderful, outstanding wife who went home to be with the Lord some years ago. But his fruit is still going forth. He has sons and daughters who are preaching. And we thank God. Now, when I want to honor him because this man took an interest in me when I started candidating. And, and, and when we met in Philadelphia in July of 2016, his son who pastors there threw a service for me on the Sunday before the election and had a full service and invited everybody from Maryland and anybody else who was supporting my campaign to that church and prayed for me that Sunday before the election on that Monday. And his prayer was, Lord, please let him get elected. He said, Lord, let a good one get in. And I praise the Lord. I went on that morning and I was elected about midday that next day on the first ballot, the first time a bishop had been elected on the first ballot in 44 years. So I praise the Lord for this man and his support to me. God is good. Now we bring you greetings from the 9th Episcopal District from the state of Alabama. And when my wife sends her regards, I was telling her all about, um, and I please, this is no disrespect, 
but I called them Kathy and, and Linnea. And uh, I was telling her about them and all that's happening and, and their children, how they're doing. They have one grand. We have one grand. They have two children, a boy and a girl. We have a boy and a girl. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. They've been married for 42 years. And I'll be, she and I will be married for 37 years this coming Wednesday. So, uh, amen. So we were all young people right around Benedict College remembering each other. I said yesterday, I remember when they met. I remember when they got married. I remember when they had their first child. I just remember everything. Praise the Lord. So God is good. Now, we're not going to worry your patience long. Um, I just praise the Lord for the word. I love to preach. And um, people saying, well, take it easy. Everybody I talk to, old bishop, this is my first time doing a revival since I've been elected a bishop. And the first time I'm doing a revival after quadruple bypass surgery. So, you know, everybody is cautious. Bishop, take care of yourself. But let me just tell you something. When I was laying up in that emergency room uh, and, and the intensive care unit, after my chest was split open and all, and I had tubes all down my throat. The several weeks later, I mean, everything was doing fine, but my voice had not returned. The tubes, they were thinking one time, had damaged my vocal cords. And I said to God in my own private way, Deacon Granger, Lord, please hear my cry. Lord, please don't take away my preaching voice. Lord, please restore my voice. I went to the voice doctor, and, and, um, and, and he told me that he just felt that if I just kept on resting it, that it would return. And I said, Lord, if you give me back my voice, I declare every time you open a door, I'll go through it. But you open it, Lord. You open the door, and I will go. And so the Lord is opening the door. He's opened this door. Praise the Lord, because Dr. Pickett called me over a year ago and said, would you come and do a revival? Not knowing how I was going to be doing, but I said, surely, surely, if that's a door opening, I will do it. Then the other day when I got to the airport, left the meeting and all of that, Phone, um, the plane, sitting there waiting to board the plane to go to Charlotte to Tampa. Then they said the plane was canceled. I said, oh, my Lord, now what are you trying to do? Close the door, Lord? <laughs> I said, okay, I'm going to trust you. And then my wife said, well, I'll come to the airport and pick you up. I called my son. I said, son, he just got back from Africa. He and my grandson. And I said, look, do you feel like driving to Tampa, Florida? And he said, oh, I need to take a nap. And I said, well, okay, you take a nap, and then we'll drive if we can't get a plan. I was determined to be here. And lo and behold, my administrator found a plan coming from Atlanta to Tampa directly and gave me just enough time for my wife to pick me up from the airport, drove me to Atlanta to catch a direct flight to Tampa. Hallelujah. So I know God is in the midst of this. And the pickets met me. I got to bed 1.30 yesterday morning, came preach yesterday and went back 
to the hotel and went to sleep. But had a wonderful time today. I want to thank the hospitality from the pickets and for the kind things. We went for our walk this morning and had lunch, and I went back, and I got in the bed again. <laughs> and so God is good. Now, I said all of that. I'm not going to preach along. Praise the Lord. Now, I, my scripture tonight is taken from the book of Isaiah, the 55th chapter. Amen. 55. Um, I have a prayer line every day, six days a week, 8 o'clock in Birmingham. And um, I used the scripture this morning. And um, Isaiah, the 55th chapter, 6th verse, starting there. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way. And the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Nor are your ways my ways says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth. So are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven. And do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I set it. 6 through 11, verses of the 55th chapter. Reading from the New King James Version. Amen. I want to use as a thought tonight, stand on the word. Stand on the word. It makes it easier to come to a church where the word has already been taught. You can tell that a lot of teaching has gone forth in this congregation. Just the spirit of worship on yesterday and the spirit of, of worship tonight. I love going to a church where the people... Uh, look like they have been fed and nourished and cared for. Amen. It's, uh, trust me as a bishop uh, that you don't find that as often as you would think. You, 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 you are blessed to have a praying shepherd. God knows he is a praying shepherd. Lord knows I have never seen nobody pray like he. I thought I could pray. But my God, he will give you 15 short prayers in a day. And I just think it's just so fantastic. Solid, spirit-filled man of God. And then his wife. Such a dynamic, spirit-filled, wonderful, smart. We tell, we were talking today, we were blessed to marry smart women. I mean, Academically, they just, my wife graduated summa cum laude, and I graduated, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Pastor Pickett was telling me that Reverend Kathy, Dr. Kathy graduated with honors from Virginia Union, and, and, and he praised the Lord. But, 
but 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 to see this couple operate and to see how they love you and care for you and this ministry is just phenomenal. And so I I, I continue to salute them. We we come today. I love God's word. I I discovered the value of reading His word over now I'm going on 26 years. I used to read the Bible when I needed a sermon. And I've been in ministry now for 42 years. And and I used to read it when I had troubles. I used to find certain segments of it when I needed help. But but one day I picked up a one-year Bible, they call it. And I studied it was October of 1993. And I read the Bible, and I picked it up the second day and picked it up the third day. I said, hmm, this is good. And I kept on reading it. I missed one day, and I said, okay, I missed not reading that word that day. And then I kept on reading and reading and reading, and I looked, a whole year had gone by. And I read that word. And I kept on reading the word and one year, two years went by, three years. And, and I noticed something unique about the word was that even though I read it one year, two years, three years, every day I got fresh revelation. Fresh revelation. I said, well, now I read this last year, but I did not see that like I'm seeing it this year. And you know what happened, preachers? I had no longer had to start struggling for sermons. This Holy Spirit started planting words in my heart and in my mind. And I found myself getting stronger in my spirit. I realized that I had a word already planted down in my heart for every situation that I encountered. I know one of the psalmists says, I will hide the word of God in my heart so that I will not sin against God. And then the word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. I soon discovered that God is not making any more word, but God is giving fresh revelations based upon what he has already given. It is so amazing how I started looking at situations differently. Because can I witness to you on this? There is no way you can embrace the word of God and remain negative. There is no way you can read the word of God and your faith does not increase. The word of God will change you. The more you read it, the stronger you will become and your perspective will change. Your ideology, your ideas start changing. Your perspective on living and how you treat each other start changing. Because it's hard to read the word of God and embrace it and act opposite to what Christ will give you the directions to do. 
I mean, when you start reading things like turn the other cheek and, and, and pray for those who despitefully misuse you and count it all joy when you fall into various trials and temptation and learning how to give God thanks in all things because this is his will concerning you. When you learn how to bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continuously be in your mouth. Oh, come on and let us exalt the Lord together. Let us magnify his holy name. It makes a difference in your everyday living. So I dare anybody to read the word of God for seven straight days and see if you won't find a change. I know the enemy will tell you, no, those hard words, those big words in the Bible. One person was telling me I started out reading the word, but I got down to those genealogies and all of that and those names. I just lost all courage. I said, but uh, you know, my whole thing is it's me and the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, however you tell me to announce them, I don't have no, nothing to prove to nobody but you. We're going to go ahead and we're going to go through them. We're going to pray. We're going to read them. And we're just going to, oh, Holy Spirit, I, before I start reading, I ask God to help me to interpret and help me to understand and comprehend what I'm reading. And, Lord, if I mispronounce something, it's between me and you. I don't have to read out loud for nobody. Amen. It's just you and I spending personal time. And so I found that my day has never gotten too busy that I can't read his word. In fact, I have so much to do that I cannot afford the luxury of not reading his word. I got too much to do to not take time to spend some time with God before I start a day. I to have my devotional time. I got to read. I got to pray. I got to give God thanks for another day. I got to tell him how much I love him. I got to recognize that he is my father and that I am his child and I can't do nothing without him. But with him I can do all things. Praise the Lord. And so I've learned to stand on his word. I've learned that whatever I'm going through, he has a word for the situation. If it's not in my daily reading, it's something that I've already read. I don't know whether you've had the experience of reading your devotions and finding something in the word that you read probably earlier that week and reaffirms what you're going through. I don't know whether you've been going through some stuff and then there's something that will come on the radio that will remind you of what you're going through and will interact with your spirit to remind you that it's gonna, God's going to work it out. Yeah. Oh, God, the word is good. I love his word. Yeah. I love reading that word. I love reading it every day. And so now from 1993, I've been reading it every day up till this morning. That's on on 26 years now. And I'm telling you, I'm at the point now that I would not take a chance of not reading it. The only three days in my whole life of not reading it since I started 
was the three days when I was in intensive care. But the Lord is good. Because even on those days, I was able to lay there and just thought about what God would do. When I was laying up in intensive care, all I could think about was Isaiah 53. By his stripes, I'm healed. <laughs> Hallelujah. All I could think about was with God, all things are possible. Unto man, some things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. I said, Lord, I don't have nothing to stand on but your word. I can't even pick up a Bible because my hands are too weak. But I thank you, Lord, that I know how to utter a prayer. And I thank you, Lord, that you are with me. I'll never forget that morning before I collapsed in the airport. I did my devotion. I read my Bible. I took an early uh, plan from Birmingham. But I got on the plane that morning and did my devotion, read my one-year Bible. But also with my one-year Bible, I always read the 91st Psalm. And I always read that he who abides under the shelter of the Almighty. And I read that he will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways unless you dash your foot against a stone. And it seemed like that morning when I read that, my spirit resonated with that scripture. And so therefore, as I mentioned yesterday, when they said there was a lot of angels around me, I said, yes, Lord, the angels of the Lord will encamp around those who fear him. All taste and see that the Lord is good because his mercy is everlasting. I've learned that when you can't do nothing else, you can always call on Jesus. I've always known him as a personal savior. And I've known him as a wonderful friend. When I stood in the pulpit of January of 1977, a few months before your pastor, and preached my trial sermon, I didn't even know the ticker text. But one thing I did preach on was he was my friend. And I preached using the subject, my friend. And I've known that he will be there for you. But the more I read his word, the more I can let God know how much I'm dependent upon him to back up his word in my life. We don't need to remind God what to do for us, but we need to remind ourselves how much we need God and how much we need to remind God of what we believe that we are going to come through. So brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, life can send you some challenges. I don't have to tell you that it does not exempt Christians from having ups and downs. If you heard some of my stories, you would probably break down and cry tonight. You would probably say, oh my God, I didn't know he had come through all of that. I didn't know, but being married for almost 37 years and raising children, 135 and 32, and now I'm having a 16-year-old grandchild, I've seen the lightning flash. I've heard the thunder roll. I've felt sin breakers dashing, trying to conquer my soul. But I heard the voice of Jesus telling me still fight on because he promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. I've had to stand all by myself. I felt like I was going under sometimes. Sometimes I wanted to throw in the towel. But I heard him say, don't you be weary in well-doing. For in due season you shall reap if you faint not. Hold on, because help is on the way. I will look unto the hills 
For when cometh my help, my help comes from the Lord. I will let the devil know the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom I shall I be afraid? I've had some dark days. And I've had some dark moments. Lord knows I wanted to throw in the towel. But I heard the Lord telling me I'm your shepherd. And you shall not want. I'll make you lie down in green pastures. I'll restore your soul. I'll lead you in the path of righteousness for my name's sake. And you get this, it's not for your name's sake, but it's for my name's sake. Now that helped me a whole lot when I was going through because I said, Lord, go ahead and get the glory. Because if you wanted to kill me, you could have done that. You didn't have to let me wake up in the ambulance. You could have allowed me to be sleeping in a grave, but because you have been so good and you spared me another chance, now God, go ahead and get the glory. That's why I don't tell nobody it was a tragic day. I tell everybody that was the work of God because what God has done has done nothing but renewed my spirit and gave me a better testimony and a stronger testimony. That's why I could fly all the way from Birmingham and come down to Boston and tell you that God is still able, that God, if he did it for me, God will do it for you. That's how the word acts. I've learned to trust him. God knows I haven't always liked what he's doing in my life. I haven't always liked what I had to encounter. I have not liked all the tears and the heartache and all of the pain. I hated those broke days. I hated those days when I lost the battle to, against sin. I hate those days when the enemy almost made me walk out of my house, walked out of my marriage. I hate those days when he made me hate my children. I hate those days when he made me not realize who I was in him. I hate those days when he made me carry hatred against somebody else and made me carry grudges and would not speak and tried to fight my own battles. But I'm so glad that we serve a redeeming Savior. We serve a redeeming God who says, I will give you another chance to get it right with me. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And so now I exist to give him glory. I exist to give him praises. I found that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. Not all things are good, but all things will work together for good. And what I thought were going to kill me has not been the thing that has made me stronger. And so I counted all joy and I praised the Lord. I can say like Andre Crouch, through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust him. Through it all, I've learned to worship him and to give him glory. Lord, if I had to have it done all over again, I said, God, go ahead and do what you're doing. If I'm going to get out what I got, then go ahead and have your way. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. 
So now let me just say this real quick. He said, you just trust me. I know you don't like what you're going through. I know you don't like the way you look. I know you don't like the way what you see. I know you wish you didn't have to encounter what you encounter. But trust me. Just trust me. Hallelujah. Can't you see him saying that to Jesus? Jesus, I know you don't want to hang on no cross. Jesus, I know you don't want to be crucified. I know you don't want to go to Calvary. Lord, I saw your tears in Gethsemane. But just trust me. I promise you that if you lay this body down, I will raise it up again. You got to stand on my word. I told you, Jesus, that one day you're going to sit in heaven with me. And I'll make your enemies my footstool. I know you don't want to carry that cross up to Golgotha. But I want you to trust me. I want you to know that I got it all in my hands. I know it hurts you when they put the crown of thrones on your head. I know it hurts when they call you everything but my son. But you hang on in there anyhow. And Jesus never said a mumbling word. He went on the cabaret. And as the songwriter said, they scratched him wide and they hung him high. But I'm so glad that's not how the story ended. That on that third day morning, he got up with all power in his hand. And I remind myself, I don't care what it looked like. I don't care what they say. I shall one day rise again. I shall one day live again. For the same spirit that raised him from the dead is the same spirit that shall raise me up. I thank God for the word tonight. It's quick and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It'll do your fighting. It'll make your enemies your footstool. It'll he'll raise you up and the folks who were against you won't have no power over you. 